Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I have to begin this week with a mea culpa. I said last week Leonard Cohen was American. Well, he's Canadian. And I know he's Canadian. I don't know why I got it so wrong. My thanks to Mark Litherland for pointing out my mistake. So my apologies. We reached a major milestone last week in terms of downloads. It's massive. And I'm thrilled to be part of your lives. Your Camino. The Camino de Santiago is a series of pilgrimages across Europe. The most popular is what's called the Camino Francaise, from St. Jean-Pied-de-Port on the French side of the Pyrenees, almost 800 kilometres or 500 miles, to Santiago de Compostela. The Camino is famous for its spiritual and mystical nature. Some say it's centred on Earth's ley lines or energy pathways. Some say the Camino follows almost directly the Milky Way, and the energy from the stars above fuels the journey of the pilgrims below. One thing's for sure, pilgrims enjoy the opportunity to lead a simpler life. Your day will follow a basic routine. You'll wake early, head off on the Camino and stop somewhere for coffee or a beer, a tortilla, and then you walk off again. You'll arrive mid-afternoon at the town where you plan to sleep. You'll check into your accommodation, hand wash your hiking clothes and then find somewhere quiet and relaxing to spend the long Spanish afternoon. Inevitably, you'll find someone with a guitar or a ukulele, someone to talk to, someone who's keen to have a few beers or a wine or two, and you'll meet and talk with people from all around the world. Later that night, you'll sit down for a pilgrim's dinner, a three-course meal costing you about 10 euros, 16 Australian dollars, 11 US dollars, or about nine pounds sterling. You'll hit the sack before curfew at 9.30 or 10, get a restless sleep in an albergue full of snorers, wake up and do it all again. And it's magic. Well, the quote this week is from the Australian singer and actor Olivia Newton-John, and we love Liv. She said once, I don't know what my path is yet. I'm just walking on it. Isn't that the perfect Pilgrim's Creed? I don't know what my path is yet. I'm just walking on it. My guests this week are about to head off again. They have the Camino coursing through their veins, and they love it. Michelle and Brian Coleman are on the line from Dayton, Ohio. Welcome, pilgrims. Thanks, Dan. Hi. I got goosebumps listening to that introduction because I've been listening to them as my training. (laughs) All your podcasts, they've been my training, getting mentally ready. Well, your training has been interrupted this week by tornadoes. (laughs) Ohio in the news for all the wrong reasons. How Have you been okay? It's been a crazy week. We had uh, really bad storms come through on Monday. We had about 15 tornadoes in the region. Uh, Lots and lots of damage, but fortunately minimal injuries and only one fatality. But honestly, interruptions in our Camino training is like... It's It's our story. It's our story. (laughs) Is it? Our our training is always being interrupted by something. That's funny. All right, well, I'm going to get to that then. You know, one of my my favorite song lyrics of all time is, Oh, me, oh, my, oh. Look at Miss Ohio. She's running around with her <laughs> rag top down, right? Gillian Welsh song. So what's life like for the Colemans in Dayton, Ohio? Let's start with you, Michelle. Um, well, during the school year, it's all about teaching. So um, we have Christmas break off and spring break and our summer break. But um, when, we're, when we're not on break, it's literally teaching and prepping all the time. Uh, but when we have a break, we're empty nesters, so we go as quick as we can. School's out, we leave. 
So, Brian, to you, how and why did you end up on the Camino de Santiago? Or better still, oh, mio, mio, why the Camino de Santiago? (laughs) Well, um, I think like most of the Americans that we've talked about, our introduction was uh, the movie The Way. We saw it when it was uh, first coming out, which was actually also right about the same time that we had, uh, just after we had gotten married. Uh, So we saw that movie at a screening uh, that was sponsored by a local hiking group that we're members of. And we're like, wow, that looks really cool. But I don't want to do it. <laughs> but I don't want to do it. But then we got involved in backpacking and, uh, you know, really did a, started doing a lot of hiking and decided that this was a great way to backpack because your backpack is a whole lot lighter than uh, traditional backpacking. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, hey Michelle, are, are you spiritual people? I am uh, definitely spiritual. Brian's a history buff, so he goes for the history. Right. Have you traveled much, Brian, as a couple? Um, Well, we've traveled a lot around the United States. We've visited about 40 states in the the uh, 12 years that we've been together and a few countries, but the Camino was really our first big adventure internationally when we went there in 2017. Yeah, we've taken students abroad to England um, but this was our first big by ourselves. Our honeymoon was in Mexico, but that was that was the excitement back 12 years ago. <laughs> you teach um, primary school, or high school, or what sort of students do you teach? I teach middle school and high school uh, vocal music, so I'm a choir director. And then I teach at a college. I, I'm a communication professor. Okay. You know, there's an old saying, Michelle, the Camino won't give you what you want. It will give you what you need. Is that Tell me about it. (laughs) Well, will you tell me about it? Well, I mean, I feel like we had we had no expectations. I think we were mildly cocky the first time in that we hike. This backpack's not that bad. We've trained. And then you realize you have to hand wash your own laundry. And um, the first time we went by Pamplona. Yeah, by Pamplona, our day four. I was done. I was all done. I was, I laid in a hotel room, which we, by the way, got a hotel with air conditioning because we can only travel in the summer. And I laid there and I cried and I cried and I said, Brian, I can't do it. Meanwhile, he's, you know, hand washing the laundry. He's telling me to be patient. I'm saying, forget it. I don't have patience. I have a credit card. (laughs) Well, and I said, you know, (laughs) I said, we need to walk, we need to keep going. We need to walk a couple more days. Um, let's give it a few more days and see how it goes. And when we get to the next major city, we'll look at, uh, after Pamplona, we'll look at airfare home if you're still feeling that way. Yeah. So that would made me go on. That would have been Lorogno. And what happened then in the next few days? Well, it was really rough because we took a rest day in Pamplona. Uh, we planned out our entire camino. So, yes, we are spreadsheet pilgrims, <laughs> loud and proud. <laughs> so we knew exactly where we were sleeping every night because we had reservations pre-booked. We knew everything, you know, right down to, you know, all the details that we needed. <laughs> so when we took that rest day in Pamplona, we lost a lot of the people that we had been walking with and hanging out with because they didn't take a rest day that early. So we went through a period really from Pamplona to Logroño where we found very, very few people who spoke English. And we had we were kind of by ourselves for that whole stretch. But then we walked into Logroño 
And the very first cafe that we came across, there was a big table with six or eight people all speaking in English. And we immediately pulled chairs up and found a group that we hung out with really for the, a lot of the rest of the Camino. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just, I was feeling a lot of withdrawal. The food was so much different and we had lost the people, like Brian said, that we were hanging out with and it was harder than I thought. And it was so hot. Um, I saw a post on um, the APOC Facebook group today talking about just preparing for the heat. And I don't know if you can ever prepare for the heat, you know? Um, And, and I, really, I teach communication. So not speaking English was difficult for me. And part of it was we weren't taking risks. I didn't want to walk up to people and say, do you speak English? Because I felt like there was a cockiness to that. But I learned later that many people around the world speak English, and I just didn't know that. So yeah, yeah, and and they're happy to talk to speak English when you ask them, you know, okay, so that's, um, you finished in July 2017. Uh, and you both said, that's it, we'll, we'll never do it again, um, yes. right? Largely because you found it much, so much harder than you expected. And then, Brian, a surprise, a realisation in a sense, 11 months ago at the same moment you both thought, wait a minute, maybe we should go back. What, what was that? It was, what happened there? Yeah. It was really funny because I was at school one day and for some reason it was just on my mind a lot. And I came home that night and we sat down to dinner. We had just bought a new house. so We had just moved into a new house. And I said to Michelle during dinner, I said, you know, I was really thinking a lot about the Camino today. And she said, really? And I said, yeah, I I really feel like we need to go back. I think we should do this again. She said, I came to the same decision this morning. No. So it was, I mean, we often are on the same page, even when we're not in the same room. So it was just kind of ironic that we both kind of came to that decision pretty much at the exact same moment, even though we were both at work individually. I have no idea why still. It was strange, but uh, we started immediately with, well, what would we do? How would we go? And we actually had thought about going last summer, but our oldest son decided to get married. So that put a, 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 bit of a crimp on our summer plans because we were in the midst of planning and helping to pay for a wedding. Uh, so we postponed it to this summer and we were originally, we're really talking about kind of doing a lot of the Camino Francis again, but quickly decided to uh, branch out and try something different. You know, Michelle, you wrote to me to say, I don't know why the Camino was calling me. Um, but when you walked in 2017, let's take a step back for a moment. Was it what you expected? I I really didn't have expectations except for walking every day with that pack on my back, Um, beautiful scenery. I had followed um, a ton of um, posts on APOC because I was watching everyone. Um, I remember, and you've had him as a guest before, Steve Watkins was walking, and I friend requested him, and I said, this is weird. I never do this. You don't know me, but you're walking, and I'm following because we're going to be walking you know, soon, and I'm really enjoying that you're, you're talking about it because a lot of people, you know, they don't want to talk about it or they don't post about it. And I needed to hear his reflection. And so I listened, I thought I was mentally prepared. I thought, I really thought I was, but I I just couldn't believe how different it was. And I, I can't pinpoint specifics that were different except for, as I mentioned, you know, like the doing the laundry just, and the hills were bigger and longer, 
but it just, I think what the big thing is it overwhelms all of your senses in a way that nothing does when we hike the United States. Go on. Like in terms of the conditions you're expected Um, to stay in or or on the path itself or where? I mean, you know, the rooms are nothing like anything you would see here in the United States. And this isn't, it's not a bad thing. It's just different. The food is nothing um, like what we would have. Oh, communal dinners, um, the um, meal del Dio, uh, the pilgrim's meal, they, they were just, there was so much food, which to me, again, overwhelmed my senses because I've never seen so much food put in front of me. I was hungry, but it was also different too. So... It was just, it wasn't a good or a bad. It was just a different. And so, you know, the rooms were different. We we weren't planning on doing all private rooms, you know, just whatever room is available. We had a reservation, but we weren't necessarily going to get a private room. They put us in a private room, being a married couple. And, but the rooms overwhelmed me. The the poppies overwhelmed me. The flowers, the the signs, the, the whole idea that one country could embrace something like the Camino overwhelm me because here we have, we have the Appalachian trail in Ohio. We have the Buckeye trail, the North country trail. We have all these trails and there are signs everywhere. If you know what to look for in the Camino, you don't even have to know what to look for. They're just there. And if you go off the trail, the locals will put you back on the trail. They're so good about that because Brian and I got, you know, distracted by architecture a few times and locals would say, no, 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 no. And they'd shove us back on our way. And, and, and I think that just all of that combined overwhelmed my senses. Plus of course the communication with people. I think one of the things that we come from a hiker perspective as um, very active hikers and in the United States, our distance trails are so different from the Camino. Remote. Um, they're so much more remote. And if you're hiking a distance trail like the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail or so many of the others, it's a much more solitary activity. Mm-hmm. You're often by yourself um, where you might go five or ten days between cities even where you literally have to carry everything that you need for close to a week. So that's just so different from the Camino experience, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. People talk about the energy. I'll stay with you, Michelle. Did you feel that energy? Oh, absolutely. Um, from just the people who, you know, they would, there's always that, you know, oh, you know where you're staying tonight, you know, that jest. So there was that. There were a couple of people that we met um, on the APOC group that as soon as we saw each other, like we um, met one uh, friend from um, now friend from Seattle and we met him on the first night. And so there's that energy of the people and there's the hospitality of the locals. So yeah, there's definitely energy. And even just walking in the quietness of a church. I mean, remember we walked behind a priest for a while and we walked into a church and we were just looking around and he comes in and he just starts chanting and you, you can do nothing else physically, but sit down and listen to it because there's so much energy in his chanting that it's mesmerizing. Brian. Overwhelming. Yeah, it is, it is overwhelming. You know, Brian, when I've asked at the very start, um, are you spiritual people? Um, Michelle said you were more of a history buff and an architecture buff. Did you feel the energy? Could you sense it? 
Oh, absolutely. For me, uh, as a musician, also, you mm. know, sitting in some of these churches that are three, four, five, six hundred years old, and hearing a mass performed um, in the place that the music was intended to be performed. You know, in the United States, if we have a church or any building that's 100, 200 years old, we put a plaque on it and turn it into a museum (laughs) because that's so rare here. Yeah. So to sit in a church that's 600 years old and to see an illuminated manuscript sitting at the front and hear a choir singing from it was just so remarkable for me as a musician because I've studied all this music and I've studied this history, but to actually see it in the place where it happened for me was just unbelievable. You know, Brian, Michelle said to me, I I want to embrace myself in the experiences of others. I want to embrace the Camino in a way that we didn't before. So what do you expect will be different this time around? Oh my, well, we are, this time our plan is to walk 722 kilometers. We are starting in Leon and walking to Santiago and then we're uh, flying down to Lisbon, and we're walking the Camino Portugues from Lisbon to Santiago. And then we're walking from Santiago to Mexia to Finisterre and then back to Santiago. Oh so we have, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, well, I mean, we're going to be gone for eight weeks, and it's our summer vacation, so to speak, although uh, most people don't work this hard on a vacation. But, uh, you know, we've got a really ambitious plan. And I think the biggest difference for us is going to be the fact that we're walking some really huge mileage days. Um, I think we're averaging about 15 miles a day this route. And we have many days that we're walking more than 20. Hmm. Right. So that's, yeah. Hey, Michelle, when we think back to you lying on the bed in Pamplona, crying, saying, <laughs> what on earth am I doing? Is that daunting to you now to think about those big 36K days, 20-mile days? <laughs> I'm bringing, I'm bringing my credit card. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, honestly, it's not because we've accepted, we're not purist. Um, the last time that we were there because of heat, uh, twice and, um, uh, food poisoning once we had a taxi or bus. And so we've already accepted, look, this is our plan. If we have to taxi or bus, we have to do that. You know, we accept the fact that it's the hottest time of the year to go over there. We have said that we've accepted getting up early and hiking. That's always the hard part, no matter how hard you, you know, you try. Um, but I'm, I'm mentally prepared in a different way. Uh, I, I have some of those expectations um, that I didn't have before in my mind. And I have the ability to say it's just not going to happen today. Well, and we've also come to the realization and the acceptance that this is our Camino. Yes. And we may not do it the same way that other people do it, and that's okay. And we're not worried about if they're going to think more or less of us because we happen to take a taxi the last 5 or 10K one day. No, we met um, our friend Maggie um, in, oh, I can't remember where we we met her one day, but we were telling her, look, you know, today's hot. We may take a taxi. So if you see us at lunch and we have a bottle of wine, that means we've decided we're taking a taxi. And she comes into this village and she sees us. She says, oh, you have wine. Does that mean you're taking a taxi? We said, (laughs) yep. She goes, good. Can I join you too? She Uh, said, pour me a glass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, so that's... sometimes people just need permission to be to be themselves and to be okay with their shortcomings. 
Yeah, and they're not even shortcomings. It's just a journey. No, it doesn't matter. It is. Doesn't matter. You know, Michelle, in the one of the messages to me, you wrote, "My soul's been ready since we left the Camino, and I just didn't know it." Let me ask you, what makes you awake to your soul? I think it's that it's the fact that you have nothing else to do but walk with your best friend and meet all these new people. And I didn't, I didn't want to come home and stop walking. I very much struggled with coming home and going back to work, meaning that we didn't have time to walk, that we'd be lucky if, you know, one of us wasn't held up in a meeting in the late afternoon. And so we couldn't get a walk in and, you know, it gets dark so early. And I struggled with just the fact that my body was finally okay with walking every day and my mind finally caught up. And now I've just, I've wanted for the last two years to just keep walking. Um, Last summer when we went um, on our big adventure, we did have, we did plan it around um, my son's wedding, which we are so grateful that we could be a part of that. But we couldn't walk every day and we didn't plan big walks. And and I struggled with not being able to do that. And also it just wasn't the same. And we both we both long for the history, the simplicity and the camaraderie with other people. You know, we we talked about the journey, the the two month trip that's coming up and you're leaving in a matter of days. Um, Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, Brian, that you do a lot of walking already and Michelle was just mentioning it there and that you conceded that you're spreadsheet pilgrims. Let me talk. (laughs) Let me just talk logistics. So where do you source your information? Um, How do you go about booking ahead, um, finding out what you need to find out? Well, we, um, we love the American pilgrims on the Camino uh, organization. They've got a great Facebook forum. And Camino Portuguese. Has and been there's a Camino yeah. Portuguese Facebook group that we've been following a lot this and the last year. So just hearing about places and recommendations from people. And then there are a couple of books that we've been using, um, you know, a couple of guidebooks that we've looked at and that we've read and taken some suggestions there. And then there are some websites that we've been using uh, to handle a lot of our booking. And did you find everything reasonably easily? And, and the most important aspect of the question is, when you arrived at your destination, was your booking sound? Were, were they expecting you? Um, I don't think we had a single problem um, two years ago. All no. of our bookings were set and everything was well, good when we got there. And we even had a couple of situations where we, for one reason or another, made a change to a different albergue or there were a couple of times that uh, you know, we were looking at the weather forecast and they were saying it was going to be 90 degree days and just Fahrenheit. really, really hot. Yeah, 90 Fahrenheit, uh, really hot days. So we kind of looked to make adjustments so that we could have air conditioning. Um, and we never had problems with cancellations. Um, I Once or twice, we might have lost a little bit of a deposit, but it really was never an issue for us. And the nice thing about doing a lot of it online was, one, we don't have to worry about the international charges for phone calls. And two, um, being able to, in email, translate everything using Google Translate or something like that uh, was really helpful for us because we are not fluent Spanish speakers and certainly not uh, Portuguese. Well, and we weren't planning on booking everything last time because we heard so many people say, just go with the flow, go with the flow. But both of us, our anxiety level was so high and we couldn't figure out why. 
And what we realized is that for years, for us, the fun is in the planning because we plan these big summer adventures all the time. And we've been doing that since we've been married now 12 years in September. And so to not plan was so different for us. And, and we love it. There's so much joy in looking at all the pictures of the different albergues and the villages and saying, oh, man, this is a village I definitely want to take a rest day in. And we, we love that part. Well, and another thing we enjoy, you know, if it's been a really rough week at school or just, you know, a tough day at work to sit down in the evening after dinner and open a glass of tea or a bottle of Tinto and say, hey, let's uh, plan from this city to this city. And we kind of, in the course of a night, we'll kind of do a couple of days on the Camino and some planning. Oh, how wonderful. So we love that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. There's a lot of joy in planning. Yeah, yeah. For hey, us. Yeah, yeah, well, quiet. But what about this time around? Have, have you plotted out or where, is it all really well planned? Well, and it's, it's, yes, it's very well planned. And we also plan, the big thing that, that helps us is we plan rest days. We met a lot of people that just were like, I got to do this, you know, Byerly said this many days. And so my flight's booked and they needed rest. And we didn't wait until we needed rest. We rested along the way. And that was very important. And we also planned around, um, we'll be there for feast day in Santiago. And we're going to be in Tomar for the Festival of Trays. So we're really excited for that. Yeah. Tell us about the Festival of Trays. Oh, Lord. Um, I hope you're going to get emails because I'll probably mess this up. (laughs) Um, What I know of it is that it um, only happens once every four years. And it is a festival, I believe, to harvest or to um, uh, successful um, crops. And there's a tradition of giving food and wine to the poor. And that kind of is carried on to just giving food and wine to everybody. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to mess that up so bad. <laughs> I hope, I'm sorry. Don't email Dan. That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you mentioned that you like the history and culture, Brian. Um, what specifics are you look at, on the lookout for? And what sort of takes your eye? Because when you, if you're aware and, and awake to all of the beauty of the culture and the and the architecture, you're pretty much looking at everything the whole time. <laughs> everything. Uh, I was one of those terrible pilgrims for the first two weeks that every time there was something interesting to look at, I would stop it in the middle of the uh, path to take a picture, and then people would bump into me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then by like week three, you're like, oh look, it's another Roman bridge. <laughs> oh look, it's another 500 year old church. Um, but it, that, that is really what I'm looking for. I, I love the experiences of just seeing all the different styles of architecture. And I especially love experiencing any of the cultural things. That's why we love being able to go in the summer and being able to be in all of these festivals um, in the various we were- villages. Last, uh, when we were there in 2017, we were in Burgos for the beginning of the festival there. And then we finished the festival in Leon. We were in Santiago for feast day. Um, we, a couple, I don't even remember the name of the village, but they had a, a little mini running of the bulls, uh, after St. Fermin. So we got to see that and just lots of little exciting things that, uh, reminded us a lot of home because we have a lot of festivals that happen here in the summer and a lot of our little towns. So just getting to experience that. And let me tell you, Americans are known for partying, but the Spanish, holy moly, they start late and they go even later. Mm-hmm. It's next level. <laughs> It yes, is. It is. <laughs> One morning we were walking out of Burgos at about 5.30 a.m. And that was probably one of our most uncomfortable mornings of walking because all the drunks were stumbling home after the <laughs> night out. 
at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> Taking pictures of the pilgrims. <laughs> well, I remember in Burgos, we'd, we, we'd gone out, had a nice quiet dinner, had a few drinks afterwards, went back to the albergue, checked in at a quarter to 10, into bed by 10. And then I don't know what time it was, but it was about three or four, it was as if someone had picked up my bed and put me in the middle of the stadium and Real Madrid had just won. The noise outside was astonishing. Yeah. And when when we went out the next day, there was just empty bottles, thousands of empty bottles strewn everywhere. And we thought, what on earth happened here? But it's just them them living their life the way they do, uh, celebrating the way they do. And it's so beautiful. I yeah. love it so much. That happened to us in Vienna. We were uh, we were staying off the main square, but there was a really popular albergue that was right on the square, and they locked their doors, of course, at ten o'clock, and they were right on the main plaza. And at ten thirty, the live music started, <laughs> and they said all the pilgrims that were there were locked in the albergue, having to listen to the live music but not being able to go out and enjoy it. And they had to listen to it all night long. I know. Mm-hmm. I, know I know. You know, um, you mentioned that you were walking along, you'd see a 500-year-old church and go, wow, or a Roman bridge and say, wow. For me, it was storks' nests because we don't have oh, storks yes. in Australia. Yes, we walked with our head up a lot. Yeah, and so yeah, that's, it's, it's everything over there. And yeah. it's just – and that's part of the overwhelming the senses – it's all just so different, and I love that. And there may be people that come to America or maybe Australia, and they're doing the same thing where they're looking around going, oh, my gosh, look how these people live. And I think that's the beauty of travel. And the more we travel, the more we are overwhelmed. Like, yeah. I can't wait to see the tile in Portuguese. I, I just – the port wine, the tiles – Hopefully, don't get run over by a dog or <laughs> along the side of the highway, a car. <laughs> but, but my senses will definitely be overwhelmed. And now I'm trying to I'm trying to embrace that and look forward to it. Okay, now I'm going to just ask a few logistical questions because we get a lot of people uh, listening who are thinking of going and would like some advice. Let's talk about blisters, Brian. Are you people who suffer blisters? <laughs> Um, I walked the uh, whole Camino Francis in sandals, oh. and never had a bl- and never had a blister the entire time. What about you, <laughs> so Michelle? I'm a terrible person to ask. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. But Michelle um, does get blisters, and I got very good at threading them and taking care of them. Yes. Um, so we have two very different foot experiences. Yes. So, so Brian wears his Chaco sandals, um, and I wear. So the last time I wore, I have foot issues. I have bunions. I have hammer toes. I'm actually having surgery on my um, foot when we get home. So my podiatrist has said I'm good to go. Um, But that was part of our training being interrupted. I have been in a boot for a little while. Um, I'm out now and I've been out for uh, 10 days. And so, um, but I get blisters. I get, oh my God, I get hot spots. I get heat rash. Um, so this time I'm trying a different approach. I'm taking hiking shoes, tennis shoes, and then just a really light um, croc sandal for nights and weekends. Or not not nights and weekends, I'm sorry, but nights <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and rest, rest days. days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, uh, but yeah. Yeah, because everybody's different. And I, and I know that um, I walked in quite heavy, quite robust hiking shoes. 
Um, and yet mm-hmm. one of the fellows I walked with was in just a regular pair of sneakers um, and he had yeah. no dramas. I had a lot of problems with my feet, but he didn't have any problems. So I think it's, it's an individual thing, isn't it? Uh, that's why I asked the question. But if you're walking in July, do you carry sleeping bags, Brian? Uh, we carried uh, silk liners the last time, uh, knowing that we were going to be in a few room situations. Um, but this time, because we are booked in private rooms the entire time and every place we're going supplies linens, we're not taking any bags or liners this time. Or right. towels. They provide them. Right. Okay. Now, Michelle, uh, what's the one thing you make sure you always pack? Oh, man. Okay. So I have compression socks this time around because um, I think that's going to really help with the swelling. When In the heat of July, your body swells up no matter how much water you drink, no matter what you're doing, your body just swells up because it's so hot. So I'm bringing compression socks and hope that helps. So that's a big one for me. And also just taking, I think, my vitamins, making sure that I'm, you know, I've got my electrolytes and my magnesium. Those things are extremely important to me. And Brian, something that you packed um, and then realized you didn't need? Um, my shoes the last time. Okay. I, I took Chaco, I took my Chacos and I also took a pair of... Uh, like trail runner hiking shoes. And I was having such good success with my sandals that in Pamplona, I mailed my shoes home, my tennis shoes home. Yeah, I'm having a bad day and he's mailing his shoes home. Because <laughs> I knew we weren't going home. <laughs> yeah, well, good for you. Yeah, that's funny. You know, finishing in July 2017, that means you would have started in June. It would have, was it very busy? It was. Yeah, it was busy. Um, now, I would say we never felt like the trail was crowded, so to speak, um, but it was definitely busy. And there was certainly among a lot of people the feeling that they needed to race to the next town to find some place to sleep. Uh, we weren't worried about that because we had reservations. Uh, but there were a couple of times that we heard people talking that they were having a hard time finding an Albergue. Either they had to walk back to the village before or in a big town, I think it was in Burgos, they had to sleep on park benches. There were just no rooms. Mm, mm. So, yeah. If you're going to sleep on a park bench anywhere, Burgos is a pretty good place to do it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, Michelle, tell us about the last 100 kilometers and the influx of pilgrims toward oh. the end of oh. the Camino. Well, Brian was talking about how, you know, in the beginning you're stopping and you're in the middle of the trail and you're taking photos. And so you get to Surya, and that's where you have this influx of pilgrims. And they would stop in the middle of the trail everywhere. <laughs> and we were both kind of, we would laugh a little bit and a little bit be annoyed, but try not to be annoyed because we want everyone to enjoy their Camino. We had this bad habit on the Camino the last time of not necessarily learning people's names really well, but we created nicknames for them mm-hmm. for yeah. ourselves. We're so, bad. so we would talk about, you know, uh, the Hawaiians or the mm. various other people that we had these nicknames for. Yeah. Well, when we, after we got to Surya, we talked about the hundred K club <laughs> and because, you know, all the people who had been walking for a much longer distance, you're kind of in a rhythm and you know what you're doing, you know what your day's like. But then all of a sudden after Surya, there are all these new people who are complaining about their blisters and they're complaining about having too much in their packs. Their pack is too heavy or it's too hot. And everybody else was just kind of, yeah, that's the way it is. And so it was interesting to hear the perspective of the new pilgrims. I'm using air quotes there after Surya. But at the same time, I mean, that's where we met our good friend Sharon from Ireland. And so 
I mean, you've got to just be open to accepting everyone is on a different journey. We met people that like they're finishing. They've been working on their Camino, you know, for eight to 10 years because they don't get as much time off. And so they were like, they had such joy because they were finishing their last hundred K. So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of different, you know, grains of salt there. Yeah. And Michelle, what was it like reaching Santiago de Compostela? Oh, man. Okay. So we had heard about the bagpipes and we were excited to have the bagpipes. But, well, actually, let me back up. So we walked a little bit further the night before because we didn't want to walk as far going to Santiago. We wanted to get in there early. So we're getting close, and Brian all of a sudden says, oh, wait, we got to take a detour. <laughs> I was so not ready for a detour. And that was to go up to the high point where um, – I don't remember the name of the park. It's Monte where the Gozo? memorial to the – Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So Brian wants – so I'm standing there, and I'm, he, you know, like trying to pose and take pictures, and I see the cathedral. I'm like, dude, we just got to go. <laughs> and, um, and, I mean, it, there was a lot of joy in that, and – my hope is to appreciate that even more, but at the same time, I was ready to go. Well, we get into the cathedral, and of course, there's the scaffolding, which we're so excited to not have the scaffolding this time. Um, but we get in there, and we're taking our photos, and we're so excited, and we go into the church. And of course, we're coming in during feast day, so there's a lot of people. And um, when we get into the, the cathedral, one of the things that surprised me was that it wasn't my favorite cathedral. Like, I loved Burgos, and I loved Lyon, and those were my favorites. But also the size of the bookstore. And so, and this is so going to be, if you get emails about this, I'm sorry. But it, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't my favorite because it felt so touristy. So, like, I loved, but so, so, like, Santiago wasn't our end. We mentally went into it the whole time going, Santiago's not our end, because as soon as we say that's our end and that Finisterre is optional, we won't go to Finisterre. We won't keep walking. And we want, so we kept saying, look, this is just this place to stop. So it could have just been me, but I saw all of these people, you know, walking around with their pilgrim gear from the books bookstore in the... Santiago or even the, the tourist kiosks, yeah. you know, families that were on a holiday that were buying their pilgrim shells and their walking staffs. You know, it was almost like they were at Disneyland getting their mouse ears. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, I mean, I loved, I loved, love, love that we, we made this, you know, milestone and I love that we had the bagpipes and I love that we were there for feast day. I mean, like that was so amazing. I'm so glad that it worked, that we're, it's going to work out that we're going to come back. But for me, the place was Finisterra. And to walk to the end of the earth, it was our 10-year wedding anniversary. And so to walk to the end of the earth, was, was that was my highest point. And, of course, my lowest point because it was the end. I was begging Brian to walk to Mushia. And Brian kept saying, we don't have time. We don't have time. And I just didn't want to be done. What a wonderful thing to do on your 10th wedding anniversary. It was pretty amazing. It was. Yeah, that's awesome. That's and we're going to do it again. That's how we're ending our Camino this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but then you're walking back, aren't you, to Santiago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think there's something really cool about finishing that loop, and so I really want to finish that loop this time. Yeah, I think it'd be great. Uh, that's something I'd always wanted to do, and will do one of these days. Brian, we, we talked. We've talked about Michelle and and being a little perhaps more spiritual than you. I, sus I suspect you're a, a bit more pragmatic. Um, let me 
ask you what you make of the quote of this week, the Australian singer and actor Olivia Newton-John saying, I don't know what my path is yet. I'm just walking on it. How does that resonate with you? Um, I think you don't have to be spiritual to get that. Um, I mean, I think it makes sense. We all have our own way. Everyone makes their choices and good or bad, you live with them or you adjust them and you adapt to your situations. So, I mean, Michelle said earlier, you know, we don't necessarily have a lot of expectations, but one of the things that I love about the Camino is that, and listening to your podcast, is that everybody has such different stories, but yet everyone has such similar stories at the same time. And, um, you know, the experiences on the Camino are very similar for most people, yet we all come from different backgrounds and different places. And, um, you know, you get what you're going to put into the Camino. Mm-hmm. So, Michelle, what's your take on I don't know what my path is yet, I'm just walking on it? I honestly hope I never figure out what my path is because I love the journey so much. I'm not looking for an end. I'm looking for the next adventure. People always tell us, oh, what you're doing is a triple of a lifetime. And I said, we don't look at it as a trip of a lifetime. We look at it as our just our next adventure. Because I never want my adventures with Brian to end. I love walking with him every single day. We're two people who walk together on the Camino, fast or slow, hurting or not. We pause together. We walk together because that's our journey. I think that's fantastic. Great, great way to finish the interview. But I hope and I, I suppose in many ways for, for all of my listeners hope that you see your 20th wedding anniversary and your 30th and, and together on some form of journey, some sort of trail. Uh, I think that's a really lovely way for us to finish the interview. Good luck. You're leaving in a couple of weeks' time. It's a big walk ahead of you. And I know I say on behalf of, uh, well, certainly me and all my listeners, Buen Camino to both of you. And I look forward to our paths crossing. Gracias. Oh, thank, thank you. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. My guests this week, the American Pilgrims, Brian and Michelle Coleman from Dayton, Ohio. They're about to head off on the Camino and you can follow their journey. Just put into Facebook, Cruising with the Colemans, and you can follow their every step. If you'd like to support the work I do, you can sponsor me. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins or danmullinsmusic.com. The quote this week is from the Australian singer and actor Olivia Newton-John. I don't know what my path is yet. I'm just walking on it. As long as we're walking, we're moving. And as long as we're moving, we're travelling. Keep putting one foot in front of the other pilgrims. I just wanted to put a little side note in this week that I've been invited to speak at the American Pilgrims on the Camino Conference in Nevada in 2020. So it will be March next year. And I've sent a message to say I'd be delighted to be there. So all things equal and all things working in the right direction, I should be there in March next year in America, talking at APOC conference. I can't wait. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Look at Miss Ohio She's a-running